have to do in terms of background here is just uh, two or three sentences just summarizing that stuff again. The lab notebook is a record of what you did in the lab. And once you're gone from the lab, somebody else will take over your project in the real life, will take over your project, and they have to understand what it was that you were doing. So for each experiment, you have to explain that to that person who will take over your project in the future. That's why you have to have a little bit of a background or purpose kind of section. I'm doing this experiment because the professor told me so, and because tennis and Hasselbosch is the coolest thing since sliced bread. Stuff like that, right? So give me a little bit of background. Um, in the syllabus or in the course policies, we have a little bit of a, a grading um, breakdown for these things. So you can have a look at that, what I'm, uh, what I'm looking at. It's somewhere. I can't find it right now. We'll find it. We can talk about it. Um, so that goes in there. Then the procedure goes in there. Step-by-step -step procedure so that somebody else can follow, can replicate your experiments based on your instructions. So here the big thing to, mem uh, to remember is that the first time you do an experiment, you've never done it before. You want to give as detailed descriptions of what you did as possible. The second time you do an experiment, you don't have to. Let's say we're doing a Western blog, and we do the Western blog, I believe, twice, or at least an SDS page twice in this lab. First time you describe how, how to run an SDS page. The second time, you could simply say, oh, I did an SDS page just like I did on Wednesday. Good enough. So you don't have to do that every single time. However, if you make slight modifications to your protocol from Wednesday, oh, then you have to write it out. So you could write, I did it like, just <coughs> like I did it on Wednesday, except for these, these steps. And then you list these steps. So the point is that this is a record of what you did, and somebody else can follow what you did. Easily follow without going up the wall because it's so um, convoluted and all over the place which also means please write in a way that they can read it. I know that it's hard sometimes in the heat of the battle as you're doing an experiment, but if the lab notebook is the record of what you did and instructions for somebody else to replicate what you did, guess what, if you write like a MD, nobody can replicate your experiment. So please keep that in mind when, when writing your lab report. Also with the carbon copy, sometimes the copy uh, mechanism is not so not so great. So please uh, don't just put your pen to the paper press so they can actually read the carbon copy. I'm going to get your carbon copy. You get keep the original. So please make sure that they can read the copy part of it. Otherwise, I'll make you write it by hand again, and that's not going to be fun for anyone involved. Okay. Um, what else goes into the informal lab report? All your results, of course. Deviations from your experiments. Some people, and I find that very ingenious, make um, uh, two columns in the lab notebook. This is the protocol as it was supposed to be. This is what I actually did. Because what you're supposed to be doing, your protocol, and what you are actually doing, may be two completely different things. I may change my mind the morning of the lab and tell you don't follow this protocol, do this and this and this instead. 
right? So what actually happens during your experiment, that has to be recorded too. Because that's what your results show. If you added five molar HCL instead of 500 micromolar HCL, yeah, you will get a different result. So you have to record things. Record things that go wrong. Everything that goes wrong has to be recorded. Um, and we'll talk about another reason why this is important. Okay, so write down what you're supposed to be doing and what actually happened. Write down any observations. Once I added the five molar HCL, I got lots of bubbles, okay? Um, maybe these observations tell you something about what went wrong in the experiment. Um, all the results have to go in there. Sometimes you get graphs. Sometimes you have to record uh, data tables. All that goes into your informal lab report. If you have to do any data analysis, you can definitely do it in Excel at home. But with your informal lab report, you have to submit your data analysis to me. Okay? Um, you're working in groups of two. Sometimes you get one original piece of data. So make, simply make a copy of that. One of your, uh, one from your group gets the original, submits that with this lab report. The other person gets the copy and submits that with the lab report. But everybody needs to submit a complete set of data for the experiments, okay? Okay, that, this is stuff that you basically, as you simply go through the experiment, you complete it. There's really no extra work involved in that. Um, what you have to do in on, on top of that, in addition to all that, is to do a small discussion. Um, so of course you have to analyze your data, uh, but then you also want to add a discussion slash conclusion kind of section. Remember from your pre-lab when you formed a hypothesis, what your experiments should give you. If your hypothesis is the solution turns should, uh, is expected to turn green and it turns blue. Now you have a problem, right? So you have to explain either why your hypothesis was correct or why it was incorrect or why it's still correct, just that you messed up. And this is why it's so important that you could record everything that you did during the, uh, what you actually did during the experiment. If you added that five molar HCL, no wonder that solution turned blue and not green, right? So you have to come up with reasons why you're right or why you're wrong, okay? That is part of a good discussion. Um, once again, if you hand off that lab notebook to someone else who takes over your project, they need to know what went wrong. They need to know why you didn't get what you're expected uh, to get. So you have to have a good discussion on that. A good discussion does not mean, oh yeah, operator error. Oh my God, I just, it just didn't work right. There are some technical difficulties. No, no, no. That is first year kind of lab discussions. You're in your final year here. You can make a lab discussion intelligent. So please do that. For sometimes your hypothesis simply is wrong because you assume certain things that are simply not true. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Um, we talked about, coming from 31, how you're expected to get these super precise things, the results and all that. You won't get that here. And that's the nature of these biological molecules that we work with. 
In 31, you work with an acid that has a single pK, and when you titrate that, you get exactly 5.3 milliliters, and that's it. There's no other way around. Guess what? Proteins have multiple pKs. Amino acids have multiple pKs. Titrations aren't as clean as in chemistry. So the nature of the base, what we're working with, sometimes doesn't even allow you to get precise results like that. So keep that in mind when making predictions, when discussing results. Oftentimes, students get results that are not according to predictions, and they show it to me, and they cry, and think they failed the course, and all that, and I just shrug my shoulders, and they're like, hmm, explain it. That's what I want you to do. Explain your results. However bad, good, or otherwise weird they are, there are always ways to explain them, to talk your way out of that. Again, make that an intelligent discussion and not just be like, yeah, whatever. And if something terrible happened, that's great too. If you added that 5 molar HDL before diluting it to the uh, actual concentration, you know what? That's fantastic. Yeah, your experiment is shot. So who cares? You know what went wrong. You know exactly what went wrong. So next time you won't do it. That's what I'm looking for. I don't want the best results in the world. I want you to understand what happened, okay? So that's your informal lab reports. That makes sense, any questions? And we'll talk about this throughout the semester so many times, don't worry about it, okay? The formal lab report is a, will look like a research paper. You've all read probably some research papers. If not, I have examples of that that I can post on campus and all that. Your formal lab report is on the research project that we're doing. If you look at the schedule, you'll see some shading that is actually on canvas. It comes in colors. It does not really translate into black and white printing. If you look at the bottom, there's, um, there's a legend here. If you have exams, you have instructor-guided experiments, and project-based experiments. So what you'll see is that they're all unfortunately jumbled throughout. And that's because we need to coordinate with the Monday sections, or with the Monday section, um, so that the lab um, supports that. Doesn't have to do the extra, extra work. Um, and again, we're, we're just experimenting here, or I'm experimenting here with, a, with this new format. I want to make this course more research-oriented, more research-based. So this is the first semester I'm implementing that, and I hope you bear with me as we go through that. A lot of things won't work, and it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> you just, if you get frustrated by that, by all means, tell me, because I need to know. I want to make this course better. This is the first time we're doing this new format. This is the first time we're doing a research project in 162. You've heard of 164 where they do that. Wait, where is one out there now? <laughs> and you're gonna help me do that. So please bear with me and tell me what doesn't work so I can make this course better, okay? So one, one thing that has to come uh, be better is the way everything is organized. What I want to do is do these instructor guided experiments in the first part of the course before exam one. Okay. Right now, because we're experimenting with it, I can't do that, unfortunately. So our research experiment, our research project is kind of interspersed throughout the entire semester. So you have to, I'm going to, this is a big ask that I have of you. You have to be able to switch um, your mind between these projects. I think it can be done. Um, 
and I apologize that it is set up like this right now, um, but you have to be a little bit flexible in your brain. So some of these experiments are simply that cookbook experiments where you just follow that protocol, do steps A, B, C, and D, and then at the end you get a result and so on. That's your instructor guided experiments. And then we have the research project experiments, and that's what we're going to do that formal lab report on. And when we go to the lab and do the check-in, I will talk more about the research that's, that we're doing here. I'm not sure we get to that before um, we have to leave this room. Um, but these are these other experiments here, right? Um, the pre-labs for those are actually really important because we don't have protocols for those. Your job in the pre-labs is to write down those protocols. On Thursday, we're going to practice that. It's, it sounds harder than it is, um, but um, that's what we'll do. So you will not find any given any form of protocols with these things yet on Canvas. We'll get those as we work through the lab. So your pre-labs for those research experiments will be a formal protocol. Step A, B, C, and D. Okay? Um, pre-labs are usually done the night before the experiment starts. In formal lab reports, if you look at the schedule, are usually done one week after the lab ended. If that's not quite aligning, please let me know. Um, also on Canvas, you have all these due dates. Our, I already corrected one of them because apparently I can't work the calendar. So please make sure that um, that they're, that they're aligning. Again, if it's off, please let me know. But that's kind of um, the rule. Pre-labs do the night before. Informal lab reports do one week after the lab concluded. The formal lab report is due at the end, at the very end of the course. What do they have here? Um, term research project. Yeah, that works. Is due on 12.5. That's the last day of the semester, right? Uh, that's when we have concluded all of the project-based experiments. And your formal lab report is a write-up of all these experiments. There is a singular hypothesis that will underlie the research project. And again, we'll talk about this. And we're just doing a series of experiments to prove or disprove that hypothesis. So when you run that um, formal lab report, when you write that formal lab report, you write it like a research paper, which is what it is. You write a short, give your research project a title, there's an abstract, 100 or 200 words, something like that. You have, you give a little bit of an introduction into the topic, you clearly cite the hypothesis, the overarching hypothesis that's going on there. And then each of the figures, each of the experiments that we're doing as part of that um, research project will make a single figure in your formal lab report. Just like any kind of old research paper that you may have seen before, right? It's the exact same organization. And then you have a short discussion at the end or long discussion at the end that tells where you basically bring it all together, look at the big picture again, and tell me whether or not my, my plan was good. The research hypothesis was good that we're already been, that we're working on, um, and we have uh, we have one section here uh, just in the final week where where we can talk about this. Um, if you look at the schedule again, 
there is um, on 12.2, we, and we can make that earlier if you want. Um, it's up to you guys. Um, on 12.2, it says all figures for formal report, right? So please submit your figures for your formal report at that time, and then you just have to, um, and we can do that earlier, and if that makes it easier for you guys. Um, what I would suggest is that whenever we have concluded one of those research experiments, you make that figure right there and show it to me. And then we can talk about whether that figure looks good or not, uh, whether it's appropriate for the formal lab report. So I want to check in with you through the semester, how are you doing with that? And then basically that 12-2 day where I say all figures for the formal report are due, it's just a conclusion of that checkup, okay? Um, if you want to formalize it more, let me know throughout the semester. We can actually move that date forward so that you feel a little bit more pressure to actually do it and that you're not doing it last minute, which is always something you want to avoid, especially with this formal lab report. Um, and then again, the, the completed write-up is due at the end. So throughout the semester, please keep up with that formal lab report. And that's the beauty of this research project because each experiment is self-contained. When you make the figure for the self-contained experiment, you can actually do the write-up for it too. Write a short paragraph um, that would go in the results section of your formal lab report. And this is then out of your way. You don't have to worry about it. It definitely beats doing it in the last week. Trust me on that. Please trust me on that. I know your students and you all do the procrastination thing and I get it. But on this one, I would say let's let's do it right after. Treat it as an informal lab report. Conclude it within a week. Okay? Um, okay. Um, experiment number seven. We may or may not get to. We, it depends on how all these research experiments go. We'll, we'll take them slowly. If you can't finish them in the time allotted that I have, that I think it should be able to be completed, then I was clearly wrong, not you guys. If we don't do certain experiments, it's okay. I, again, I just wanna see if we can do that in, do a research project in the context of a introductory teaching lab. So this is my way of finding that out. Um, so if we, if we skip one or two experiments or don't skip any at all, again, please be a little bit flexible and, and bear with me as, as we make these course proposals. Okay, um, and then two exams and that's the course. There are no makeup labs. Can't, obviously, because we're on a very tight schedule. If you miss a lab, you miss a lab. That's, that's just what it is. You will work in groups of two. So if at least one of your group is there when you miss the lab, um, you can at least still get the data and do some analysis and you can split um, post labs and pre labs. And, and um, what else? I think that's, so that's about it from me in terms of syllabus and schedule and what this course is about. Do you have any questions on that? <coughs> so far, so good. And and it will it will become clearer as we go through the lab. 
Okay. Um, 